together. I have never actually preached on Psalm 23. What a crazy thing. All the times we use Psalm 23, and yet I have never actually preached on it. So I, I just really felt God leading me this week to camp out here and ponder Psalm 23. And I thought, and I really felt the Spirit lead me to do this, is to go away from my plan, accept God's plan, and allow you guys to camp out with me as well. So we're going to camp here for a few weeks, and I don't know exactly where God's going to take us, but we're going to see where that happens. It might be a three-week series. It might be a five- or six-week series. We could give a week to each verse, but we're going to camp out at Psalm 23, but we will keep hiking as well, kind of doing day trips, if you would. We camp at night. We do a little hiking. We, do, we see the sights. We study them. We look at them. We ponder them, reflect upon God's creation, in this case, his holy inspired word for us. And then we camp some more, then we hike some more. Almost like a little backpacking trip where we keep on moving, but we do take time to camp out and enjoy what God has given us. So we're going to be camping with the shepherd. We're going to be camping with the shepherd as we look to Psalm 23. And I want you to see how we should be living in light of a shepherd. And that means fearless living. You see, Psalm 23 shows us that we can leave fear, worry, anxieties behind us as we follow Jesus as our shepherd in our lives. Now, I want to take away one sore spot for you right now. I'm not preaching about COVID-19 today. I'm preaching about general living general fearless living. And I know we can all start getting a sour taste in our mouths. When's the church going to stop talking about fear? When's the church going to stop talking about hope? I mean, we're tired of hearing all this stuff just because there's a virus going around. They don't want to stop talking. Guys, this is our lies. We should be preaching and proclaiming Christ every day. We should be looking to the hope that Jesus gives us in being a shepherd and we should be proclaiming to the world that they don't need to live in fear. They can have fearless living by living in light of a shepherd. So that's what we're talking about today. You see, Psalm 23, it's, it's probably not new to any of you. I might not give any of you any new information, but what I hope is that I am able to remind you of some solid truths for you to apply to your lives your family's lives, your friends' lives, your neighbors' lives. You know, I'm sure a lot of you, like me, are taking advantage of, excuse me, some of this nicer weather and doing some yard work. We planted a couple peach trees last year, been pruning some trees and bushes. My wife's got some flowers to plant. And you know what? While we're out in our yard, okay, some of you farmers, some of you people who are way out there, Scott Culver, unless you get that big scope out, on that big gun. You're probably not going to see your neighbor. And if you do see your neighbor through that gun, <laughs> I don't want you saying hello in that way. But us city dwellers, we can still shine a light to the shepherd for our neighbors who see us. We can still wave hello with a proper social distancing and show them the light that we have that we know of. But here's my point. Psalm 23. Many of you know this scripture. I mean, it's a true gem. It's a diamond in the rough. It's a, it's a flower, a beautiful flower. 
It's a favorite scripture among many. As Jessica mentioned earlier in her children's church message, it's something that we, many of us memorized as we were children. In fact, even many non-Christians or non-followers of Christ, but fans of Christ, even they know this Psalm 23. But as aware of it as they may be, we often never look to this Psalm except for in times of crisis. For instance, funerals or deaths or great destruction in the world. We go to the Psalm as you quote part of it specifically. We like to quote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they are with me to protect me, to save me, to provide for me. Why don't we go to the Psalm with our everyday living? You see, I truly believe that Psalm 23 is not just a psalm for some days, it's a psalm for every days. Psalm 23 can and should be applied to our lives every day and not just some days. So I'm going to put this down before I drop it or throw it at somebody. I'm going to hide it behind me, though, so that Lee... Oh, look, see, I dropped it. I don't want Lee grabbing it and yanking me off the stage if I go over my 30 minutes. Um, But we'll see what happens there. But we are going to read from Psalm 23, so I hope you're ready now. And let's go and read. It's a short passage, but a very powerful passage with tons of meaning. And that's why we're going to camp out and ponder. Psalm 23, we read this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's stop just a moment, just a little moment, I promise. Notice right off the bat how that starts off. It starts off saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, he's not saying the Lord will be my shepherd. He's not saying the Lord was my shepherd. He's saying the Lord is my shepherd. David here, Psalm of David, I believe, and some do debate, is this a psalm while David is a shepherd and he's sitting under a tree with his sheep, pondering? Or is this him as a king later on in life looking back upon his life? I believe, as as lots of others, I'm not alone in this. In fact, I'd say most people believe it this way. I believe this is David looking back upon his life, all he had been through, and thinking back, even as he used to be a shepherd, of how God is like a shepherd to him. But let's move on. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He is currently his shepherd. He, he was, he always was, he always will be, but he is his shepherd. He doesn't leave him. In fact, he, he doesn't leave him so much that he shall not want. You know, I admitted to my office manager this week, Jessica, that I used to think about this psalm wrongly. And maybe it wasn't wrongly. Maybe it's a good thought for us to think through, and I'll share it with you. That last part, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I've kind of explained it this way before. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, we don't really want this shepherd because we, like sheep, want to blindly go our own ways and do our own thing because we're stubborn, we're foolish, but we need him. Oh, wow, and and it goes on to talk about his provisions and why we need him, but that's not really what it means. It's meaning the Lord is my shepherd, semicolon, I shall not want, or I looked up the translations, many, 
the ESV, the CSB, the KJV, the NASB, the NIV of 1984 and 2011, the NLT, the Message, and the Amplified Version. I tried to get anything that any of you might look at. And it's very similar in all their ways, except different ones kind of say that last part differently. Let me say, the Lord is my shepherd, and here's what some of them say. I shall not want, ESV. I have what I need, CSB. I shall not want, KJV. I shall not want, NASB, that's New American Standard Bible. I shall not be in want, NIV 1984. I lack nothing, NIV 2011. I have all that I need in this shepherd. I added that last part. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. That's a New Living Translation, the NLT. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. That's the message. In the Amplified Version, the Lord is my shepherd, to feed, to guide, and to shield me, I shall not want. I said this would just be a little break. I know I need to get back, but I want to say one more thing about this first statement before we move on. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Notice, he's, this is a personal relationship. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Not your shepherd, not your shepherd, not his shepherd or her shepherd, not alone, the children's shepherd back there, not somebody's shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a personal plea from David, a personal song from David, a personal reflection. And we also can make this reflection as knowing the Lord is my shepherd. That is, if you know the Lord is shepherd. Let's continue to read. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and their staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever." Many of you didn't need to read the words off screen. Many of you didn't look in your Bibles. Because again, many of you know this by heart. You memorized it. I admitted that when I was a kid, I was probably about my son's age, probably about seven-ish, maybe seven to nine. My dad bribed me to memorize this. How many of your parents at home, raise your hand, you've bribed your kids to memorize scripture or to do something you want them to do? Um, my dad bribed me and he said, Patrick, I almost said Pastor Patrick. Let me just tell you, my dad does not call me pastor. Not when I was a child, not now. He calls me son or maybe some not so nice words. No, I'm joking. I love my dad and he cares for me greatly. My mom as well. Um, hi, mom. But here's the thing. Wow. I forgot where I was going with that. Well, let's just move on. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We are focusing on verse one today. That's it, just verse one. And, and a little intro to this psalm, as we ponder it, we camp out on it, 
and then we'll move on with each week, as we said. And I want you to first see this. David wrote this psalm. It's, it's not really debated too much there. Most people do believe that David wrote this psalm. And if you notice, there's not really any title to this psalm except for just a psalm of David. We, we kind of get all we need the moment you just read that first statement, don't we? We don't need some specific title. But David wrote this psalm, and he was no stranger to troubles. David, the one who seemed to have everything, he still realized his great need to find everything of importance in God. Kind of brings a thought to our own minds, maybe, as I speak. Um, I won't lose this thought. Is, do you find everything of importance in the shepherd, who is Jesus Christ? Or do you think there's other things in your life which you need and they're of more importance and you wonder, God, why haven't you given me this? You see, as Christians, we need to find ways, we need to choose, we need to make a choice to desire nothing more than the things which God chooses to give us, to provide for us. As a shepherd, he takes care of his sheep. He gives us what we need. David knew that the shepherd took care of him. David had experienced some of life's highest highs and lowest lows, and yet here he is still recognizing God as a shepherd and his provision. You know, it's interesting. One of the commentaries I read actually said, a shepherd is also like a king. And that's interesting to me because as a shepherd, they're generally not thought of with a really high opinion. Shepherds will look down upon. Shepherds were dirty, they were filthy, they, they were low poverty levels, they didn't have a lot of money, they weren't really welcome into the city or the temple because they were often considered unclean, and yet they're very kingly. And let me explain how this commentary spoke of it, I don't remember who it was, I'm sorry, it might have been um, J. Vernon McGee or Charles Spurgeon, I look at so many, but... They basically said a good king would behave much for his people like a good shepherd because they cared for their flock. They cared for their sheep. They cared for their people. So King David was like a shepherd as he cared for his people. The shepherd who is the great shepherd who is Jesus Christ is like a king as he cares for his kingdom, as he cares for his people But David knew more than any of us what it meant to be a shepherd because he was a shepherd. Now, some of you out there, you have sheep at home. Jessica, you know what it's like, kind of, to shepherd. Not quite the same as God, the great shepherd. I mean, Dean, you can just nod your head. Would you rather shepherd dumb sheep animals or dumb sheep people? For you that couldn't hear that, he said that's a toss-up. David is a king, but he's also a sheep, and he recognizes that. And sheep are dumb, they're stubborn, they're mean, they're dirty, they're filthy, they're trouble, they're weak, they're defenseless. I read a story of a pastor who thought sheep were just the cutest things, and my kids think that too. They want to see the bovies, new lambs, their new baby sheep, and they think it's so cute. In fact, maybe some of you saw the children's message Jessica did and you saw that little sheep in her arms. Oh, it's so cute. But I think Jessica and Dean could also tell you how they're stubborn and they're bullheaded and they're foolish 
and they're mean. And that's, that's what happened with this pastor's story. He said he, he was talking in a sermon one day about how sheep are so cute and so are we. No, I don't think he said that. But he said, he, he made a comment about sheep being cute and one of his congregational members, like uh, Dan Lyons or, or somebody that, that has sheep, he said, pastor, I wanna have you over for dinner and I want you to see my sheep because I think you need a more expanded view on how sheep really are. I want you to try and shepherd them, try and walk them around the pasture, see how they are. And this is, these are the words that he describes sheep as. They're dumb, they're stubborn, they're mean, they're dirty, they're filthy, they're troublesome, they're weak, they're defenseless. And you know that Psalm 23 says that Jesus, God, is our Shepherd. That means we're sheep, guys. That means David is calling us sheep. How does that make you feel? I mean, he's calling you dumb, stubborn, mean, dirty, filthy, troublesome, weak, defenseless. This wasn't a compliment. This is very much, on, to the contrary, the opposite. It's kind of like an insult. But then it all turns it around when you recognize that end of the statement that the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. I mean, it makes it not such a bad thing, does it? It's a great thing. The God of all creation, the sovereign, infinite God with so many majestic names, so many majestic titles, his holy inspired word, he speaks and he calls himself a shepherd to us. That's a great thing, guys. David, here's David pondering the shepherd king pondering, a sinner, a man who struggles, a man who has been used as a shepherd, and then through God's will, a warrior, and then through God's will, a king. Despite all the goodness of his life, he would have much trouble too. And some of this due to his own sheepish behavior, foolishness, and his own sins as well. But some of this because of the sins of others too. He would be forced off the throne. He would fall to adultery. He would be in numerous wars and battles. And yet still David is loved and cared for by the shepherd, the great shepherd. And he reflects upon this here. We also are loved and cared for by a great shepherd. And we too can and should reflect upon the love of the shepherd that we have. Can I get an amen? And the amen is not to me. The amen is to God because, you know, it just means let it be so. Or yes, I agree. And isn't that a statement to agree to? That God loves you and he cares for you despite all your sins, despite all your problems, despite all your failures. He's there to show you the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God and to lead you in a better direction like a shepherd. God may be worshiped by many different names. But here we see a shepherd. Let's continue this thought as we move on to that John chapter 10. I don't have this on the screen for you. So if you're ready, John chapter 10, verse 27 to 28. 27 to 28 of John 10, we read this. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. A thought. Who is your shepherd? 
Who do you give that honorary, that respectful, that reverent title to? Who do you follow? Some sports player, some musician, you follow them on Twitter, yeah, you know, Facebook. Hey, I follow Bloomer Baptist Church on Facebook, is that bad? (laughs) Well, as long as we lead you to the true shepherd, the great shepherd, that's not so bad. But are we truly following the great shepherd? Are these people you follow worthy of the respect and the reverence that you give them? God, the triune God, is the one and only worthy shepherd to follow. We follow Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord and our protector and our rescuer of our life. And here in John 10, we get, we get four basic applicable points. And you're already looking to see them. And I added one in there. I kind of snuck it in a little bit. I didn't add to Scripture. I'm just kind of reading into it. I think it's in a good way. Here they are. Let me read this again, and I'll tell you. My sheep hear my voice. That's number one. Hear God. Hear the shepherd. And I know them. Number two is know God. Know the shepherd. Now, that's actually saying the Lord hears you, but we also need to hear him. We need to hear his voice. We need to know his voice. We need to know him. And then number three. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Nope, number three is not follow me. That's actually number four. I told you I added one. One, hear God, hear the shepherd. Two, know God, know the shepherd, know Jesus. Number three, what I added, no, wait, really, truly hear and know God. That's that number three. Truly hear and know God. And number four, follow God. It's interesting to note that Psalm 23 follows Psalm 22. Now, yes, you're saying, well, duh, that's just how numbers work. But here's the reason. You see, Psalm 23 follows Psalm 22, and it's important to see this. And I wish I would have just included Psalm 22, 23, and 24 in this series, but I'm just going to summarize it here. Psalm 22, most people believe, is prophesying or speaking of Jesus crucified on the cross, dying for you. It's referencing the sacrificial shepherd. That's why some people say Psalm 22 speaks of the good shepherd, the one who laid down his life for his sheep. Psalm 23 then references the great shepherd, the one that provides for his sheep. And then Psalm 24, with, with continued provision, and Psalm 24 escapes me, but I think they reference um, the great king instead of the great shepherd as they look to the future and the coming shepherd. That's, that's maybe what it is, the coming shepherd, the coming king. But it's interesting to note this because, as Charles Spurgeon said, you must know the good shepherd of Psalm 22 before you can say with Psalm 23 that he is my shepherd. Do you know the good shepherd of Psalm 22? Have you submitted your life to him? Have you yielded to him? Have you you confessed with your mouth that he is Lord and Savior over your life and you follow him? Because that's what we need to do first. And then we can look to Psalm 23 and see how as he is shepherding your life, how he gives you continued provision. 
Psalm 23 praises the shepherd, the great shepherd, for providing all that is needed. As a shepherd, he leads and provides for the sheep in ways of life. You notice it said, we lack nothing, or I shall not want, I have what I need, I shall not want, I shall not want, I shall not be in want, I lack nothing, I have all that I need, I don't need a thing. All these translations are trying to beat it into your head, they're all the same. We have all that we need through this shepherd who is the Lord our God, Jesus Christ, providing for us daily. As a shepherd, think of a shepherd, they provide food for the sheep. They provide water for the sheep. They provide guidance for the sheep. They provide shelter for the sheep. The Lord is a refuge to us. He rescues us. He rescues the sheep. He provides medicine and treatment and healing for the sheep. He provides treatment for life. He provides life. I lack nothing because the shepherd provides all that they need. We are God's sheep, and he provides all that we need. He created us. He loves us. He wants to lead us not in the ways of destruction, but in the ways of everlasting life. As John 10, 28 says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand, because that's when he gets that rod out that's on the floor, that shepherd's hook, and he beats that lion away, he beats that surfing away, beats whatever away they needs to, and he hooks you back and brings you back to him. The Lord is all that we need, that we truly need. But as sheep, we're often stupid, dumb, and foolish in our own ways. Yes, I called you dumb, stupid, and foolish, but really, let me just say, David did and God did, okay? I'm just repeating his words. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I'm foolish. I just did push-ups and jumping jacks in front of you. That was pretty dumb. My wife was probably saying, oh, no, did he really do that? How embarrassing. I need to lose some weight, people. But, you know, as sheep, we go where we ought not go. We do what we ought not do. We follow after things which lead to destruction We try to get what we do not truly need instead of seeking after the one thing that we do truly need. Therefore, number one, just like sheep, number one, we need to hear God. We need to hear the shepherd. The good shepherd rescues us, his sheep, but we need to hear him. We need to listen for that voice. We need to open our mind and listen for his calling to us. We hear him. We hear the Spirit's calling his conviction by accepting him as our shepherd, our savior, our king. Allow the king King Jesus to lord over you, to care for you, to provide life for you. This shepherd is a savior. He's a protector of your life. He's a rescuer of your life. And we need to listen to him, yield to him, which brings me to number two. And they're so closely related, but different. Number two We need to know this shepherd. We need to know God. Isn't it interesting, that thought, that how the scripture actually says it is, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Do you know him? I mean, he knows you. He knows everything about you. Do you know him? Do you know his voice? 
John 10, 7, 11 earlier goes on to say, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. That's actually a good thing. I mean, that's saying the sheep, they don't listen to the, the robbers. They don't listen to the thieves. In fact, there's a lot of times in this day, it would be kind of like a community sheep pen. And the bovie sheep might be in there with the lion's sheep, might be in there with the Zay's sheep. I don't think you have sheep, but you do now. Well, when they went to open the gate to get out their sheep, the sheep would only go out of the gate if they knew that voice. Do you know the voice of God? Or are you being deceived by thieves and robbers and going in directions you should not go? He goes on to say, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. This is the shepherd that we need to follow to find true living, true fearless living, to find the green grass, the green pastures, to find the food and the water that we need for substantial living, to find meaning to this life and hope for a future, to find understanding of his word and to be able to lead others in the same path. We need to follow the true shepherd. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You know, that's another way you can tell a false shepherd apart from a true shepherd. The true shepherd is a false shepherd might try and steal them away, might try to lead them in a wrong direction, might try to get them and sell them off. But the false shepherd would never lay down his life for the sheep. The great shepherd does. Psalm 23, flipping back here now, ends with the saying, what more shall I need? Or depending on translation, I lack nothing. I shall not want. I have all that I need. The one who created the one who split the Red Seas, the one who healed the blind, the mute, the one who is creating a place for you, the one who calms the storms. This God is willing to shepherd you, to make you need not, to lack nothing, to need nothing more. He sacrifices himself for your need. What do you think you need? Because again, we need to decide to, Be happy for what he provides and know that if we don't have it, then the good shepherd, the great shepherd must know we don't truly need it. What do you think you need? More money, a happier marriage, a better job, more toys, more hobbies, more things. These things may make you feel better momentarily, but nothing will fill the voids, the holes of your life without first having the one thing you truly need. And that is Jesus Christ. This is Christ Jesus as the shepherd of your life and the life that he brings and protects will truly fill the voids that you have. But everything else needs to go on the outside. Jesus needs to be at the center of your marriage, the center of your job, the center of your relationships, the center of your hobbies. Everything else needs to be second. 
There's a popular website, or was popular, I think some people still go to it, called IamSecond.com, I believe. I am second. And I, I, I just love this site because it's testimonies of people sharing their conversion stories, their, their salvation stories, their testimonies. And they always say, I am second because Jesus is number one. The shepherd is number one. Number three, Truly hear God and know God. Truly hear God and know him. Hear the shepherd and know his voice. Many people take false hope from Psalm 23. I believe J. Vernon McGee said that one. Many people take false hope from Psalm 23 because they're not truly following the shepherd. I know, again, I already said to hear God and to know God, but I think there's different stages to this. We must first come to know God in salvation. We hear him and we humbly come before him, yielding to him as shepherd. But then we must truly hear him and truly know him in a more intimate way. We must follow him and learn from his ways. Now, in, in our case, it means learning from the word of God, learning from him in prayer and meditation and by pondering, reflecting upon what he's teaching you. Learn from the people that he places in your life. As husbands and wives, we often seek to know everything about our spouse. We know the good and the bad about our spouses. Husbands, wives, I know you want to say, oh, my husband's great. My wife's great. There's not anything bad about him. But then in closed doors or counseling sessions, we might name a few things. We know the good and the bad about our spouses, but we still provide for them. As mothers and fathers, we know everything about our children, the good and the bad, and yet we still provide for them. In both these cases, they still love and protect each other and would lay down their lives for one another. Well, the great shepherd does the same. Jesus Christ knows his sheep intimately, knows everything about you and more. He knows you intimately, knows every inch of you. He knows you down to the cellular lever. Honestly, we can't even comprehend how well he knows you, the good, the bad, the ugly. And he still loves you. Yes. I told my wife as I was writing this yesterday and finishing it up in my kitchen, I started lifting my hands and saying, yes, Yes, yes. I told her, it's like a touchdown moment. He knows you intimately. He knows every inch of you. He knows you down to the cellular level. Honestly, he knows you more than what you can comprehend, the good, the bad, the ugly. And he still loves you and provides for you and protects you and rescues you as a shepherd. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord indeed. Now, what are we going to do? Are we truly going to hear him and know him and seek him and follow him? He knows you. Do you follow him? Do you know him? How much do you know him compared to other things in your life, other people in your life, worldly things? How much are you willing to give him? He was and is willing to give you everything you need. You lack nothing. Will you give him your everything? You lack nothing. Will you give him your everything? As I believe it was Paul who said, his grace is sufficient for him. 
God's grace is sufficient for me, and I hope it's sufficient for you too. Matt Chandler states, to hear and follow the shepherd's voice leads us into the place our souls were created for. Wow. To hear and follow the shepherd's voice leads us into the place our souls were created for. To truly hear, to truly know God's voice, we must be in his word, studying his word, his ways, so that we know when he calls, so that we know what he says and what he tells us to do with our life. We must be communing with him in prayer. I just saw a quote this morning, how timely, by God, I, I, I'm going to say. It was Pastor Mark Driscoll. He said, we must use prayer as a steering wheel, not a spare tire. How many of us use prayer to rescue us out of a situation, but not to drive with, not to guide us. We need prayer. We need God's word to shepherd us. We need Jesus. His word will give you knowledge for life and your time spent will never be in vain. His word brings blessings to your life like no other. It brings you to know your needs, your true needs, and it brings a life full of joy that nothing can take away that joy because you're, you know your joy is not in the world, it's in him. His word helps us to avoid needless troubles. Number four, finally, some of you are thinking that. I went over my 30 minutes, I'm sorry. When God speaks, you gotta speak. Number four, with this new intimate knowledge of God and his ways, once we are truly hearing him, truly knowing him, you continue to follow the shepherd. Follow him. The key to fearless living, guys, is to live in light of a shepherd, but not just any shepherd, Jesus Christ, the Lord, our Savior, the King. Who are you going to follow today? Who are you going to follow tomorrow? Who are you going to follow for the rest of your days of your life? I plead with you to see the shepherd of Psalm 22 and then continue to see the shepherd of Psalm 23 and how he continues to provide for his people. They lack nothing because we have a great shepherd. He's my shepherd and your shepherd, or he can be. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and Savior, and he can be. Sometimes life may not be easy and may not be pleasant. Maybe right now isn't easy. Maybe it's not pleasant. Maybe you're on a mountaintop now, and you're admiring the great views around you, and you're in awe of God and all that he's blessed you with. But there will be times when life's not easy. But as Pastor Craig Grishel said this week, he said, there is a purpose to your pain but you must look to God and his will to find that purpose. Or as Oswald Chambers said, I was reading a devotion by him this week, and I think it was my utmost for his highest book, and he said, basically summarizing, paraphrasing, that you will have mountaintops, you will have valleys, but when you're in those valleys, you must reflect upon those mountaintop moments and not lose what God's trying to show you in those valleys. With God, nothing is impossible. Matthew 9, 26 and Luke 1, 37, I believe. We need to remember those mountaintops. We need to look to the valleys too. And we need to remember that with God, all things are possible. But to say this, that through God, all things are possible, 
he must truly be your shepherd. You must be seeking his voice, his will, and following him. As Christians, we must guard ourselves against discontentment. Romans 8 says that all things work together for the goodness of God and for his people. Yes, even the bad things. Even the bad things. Romans 8 also goes on to talk about those who seek God, those who know him, those who follow him and his will and do his work. It says we are more than conquerors. He rescues and protects us. He gives us everlasting life and gives you all that you need. So again, to have fearless living, we need to trust him and live in the light of a shepherd. Follow his lead, know him, and listen to him. He's hearing you. He's listening to you. He knows you. Hear him, know him. Truly, yes, truly, hear and know him. Jesus leads us spiritually and provides for us God's grace, forgiveness, and hope for everlasting life. This is the great shepherd. Are you truly living? Really? Are you living by the grace and sufficiency of the shepherd, Jesus? Are you sacrificially leading and following like he does? Are you looking to provide for others with the love that Jesus has given you? Do you follow without question, without fear, without falling away? How about when you lose your job? How about when you get sick? How about when you're in the hospital? How about when your kid's in the hospital? I know I just touched some nerves there. And I've been there. I've been there when my, when my daughters flit her back open. I've been there when my son had a hole in his heart when he was born. I've been, Alexa's just perfect. She doesn't have big medical issues, I guess. But ha, we've all been there. We've had times of trouble. And in those times of trouble, do you say these words? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. I have all that I need. That's my challenge to you this week. I want you to think about those words this week. Say those words to you over and over again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I want you to learn to apply these words every day, not some of your days, but every day. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Allstate Insurance commercial slogan goes, you're in good hands. Nothing's as good as the hands of Jesus. Amen. Let's close in prayer with that. I've got a closing song for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being our shepherd, our great shepherd, our good shepherd, our coming shepherd, the great king who continues to provide for his people, life and all of our needs. May we continue now to look to you and to say, the Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd. Oh, I need not anything. Amen. I don't need a thing My good shepherd brings me all You are all I need 
catch my breath Even in the valley of death You are all I need All I need To be complete Is your love Your blood That covers me up my head You provide the wine and bread You You are all I need There's no need to fear Even with my covers me.